My name is Emma Martin, and this is the Lazy Keto Mum Podcast. If you are looking for help with keto and low carb, you have come to the right place. So tonight, we're going to talk about fat and another F word. We're going to bust some myths tonight and talk about some myths, truths, and we're going to have a chat about misconceptions. Hang with me here, guys, because we're going to talk about what kinds of fat, why, how to get through if you feel like you're eating too much fat. We're going to talk about some fasting, feast versus famine. There's a lot of F going on here. And if you are here for brain health or body health in particular, this will be really, really important. And we're going to talk about a little bit of troubleshooting as well. So calories in equals calories out, right? Hmm. Is that right? No, it actually isn't. It's not right. But what they told us was that if you eat less and you move more, you lose weight. Now, regardless of whether you're here for fat loss or not, we heard a great stack of skinny fat stories about where the brain is glycated and inflamed, yet these people are skinny as, but they've got a lot of visceral fat inside, yet they're skinny. So I want you to think about this. Does a block of chocolate equal mushrooms? If you ate masses and masses of mushrooms and you ate the same caloric density in mushrooms as you ate in chocolate, obviously it's going to be truckloads. Would it be the same? No, it wouldn't because of all the nutrients that the mushrooms carry. Whether or not you hate or love mushrooms, it doesn't really matter. You see my point. Seven bowls of vegetables, maybe with butter, are going to be the same calories as a block of chocolate, but you're going to get much more benefit from them because you're going to lower inflammation, whereas the sugar, the carbs, and the chocolate is going to cause it. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you to stop eating chocolate. Just go for the dark stuff so that you can have some magnesium. Terrifically good for you. So the the type matters more than the calories. I know this is a new concept for a lot of you because we've been told that calories actually do matter. Now at our Keto Academy, but they were talking about nutrient-dense food. And they were talking about calories, but if you don't have enough calories, your body goes into storage mode because it thinks you're going to die. It thinks you're going to have to last a long winter. So at the beginning of this journey, just lowering sugar, lowering starchy carbs is the best thing you can actually do for your body and your brain. So the type of calories do matter. Remember what we said about carbohydrates and sugars. So you eat them, your body makes insulin. And if your cells are insulin resistant, your body has to make more and then it sends you into storage. You get the crash, so you get tired because your body needs to a lot of energy to process this. So carbohydrates and sugars in general glycate the brain. So if you've got any brain or neural pathway stuff going on, I'm talking about anything where the body is struggling and the connections between your bits of your brain. So depression, anxiety, disorders, uh, muscular dystrophy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, all of that stuff is actually linked to a glycated brain. When we eat the healthy fats and healthy proteins, your body doesn't have as big an insulin response. So you don't end up on this crazy ever-repeating cycle. So, And it's the ever-repeating cycle that is the issue. 
So that's insulin resistance. And insulin resistance is the cause of a lot of stuff because what happens is when we eat carbs, our body turns it into glycogen. And glycogen is stored in the muscles, in the cells, so that you can get to it very easily. And it's also stored around high belly. So if you see Homer Simpson, he's storing all his glycogen where his liver can get to it because the liver likes to metabolize it really fast. So we can also make glycogen from protein. People say you need carbs. That's a myth. It's actually wrong. Your body can make glycogen from protein, which is very cool. Our bodies are very clever. So that's carbs, protein. Protein is super important. I've spoken about this before. Palm size is a really good portion size. And you should, if you're having, say, we're going to talk about intermittent fasting in a tick. So for lunch, palm size piece of protein, palm size piece for dinner. And you, you really, you can't eat three big steaks. They're very, very filling. And the thing is that when you eat fats and proteins together, the fat gets pretty fabulous and it ships off all the nutrients to your cells. So it's a transporter, particularly, you know, when they say have some broccoli with butter, the fat becomes the carrier through the bloodstream. And that's when cholesterol is important. So what you've heard about cholesterol, I mean, there's heaps of different kinds. We only hear about it as a a general thing, but cholesterol is fat in the blood. And it's so vitally important that if we don't have enough cholesterol, your body's going to make it anyway. The difference is in the density and how it's packaged. Don't be scared of having fat in your blood. It's actually sugar that's way more damaging because it's inflammatory. The fat carries everything across and it also turns on your leptin and leptin is your satiety hormone. And I'm going to say to you, if you aren't hungry, don't eat. You're not going to die. Your body is burning your own body fat. Look at the bottom of the traditional food pyramids. It's all starchy carbohydrates. They are sugar. They're treated the same way. And that puts you on the insulin roundabout over and over again. So our traditional food pyramid, you know, it's all the breads at the bottom, veggies, great. Fruits, sugar. So we are continuously spiking our blood sugar. And all you have to do for keto is pretty much turn that upside down. Eat the healthy fats, eat the proteins and add dairy. You may find that dairy is a saboteur. We'll go into that in a later episode. Nuts and berries, they're very calorically dense. And I know I say that calories don't matter, but you also, they do in a way, once you get this going, once you become keto adapted, because you want your body to burn its own fat. But at the beginning, you need to teach it how. It's really important that we teach our body how to do that. I've spoken briefly about Ansel Keys. It's this man is responsible for our food pyramid. He did some studies where they were very flawed and they were cherry-picked. So if we look at the one where it says all the dots, the thousands of well, it's not thousands of dots, actually it's 27 dots, they were all the countries he studied. But in his hypothesis about fats, he picked seven countries. He ignored the ones that actually didn't suit his hypothesis. But he was very, very well-connected. He was he had the ear of the president and the, the doctor who was treating the president, that was Eisenhower, and they basically became a pretty big megaphone 
for the food pyramid. Add to that that there were um, upcoming industries of canola and all the processed oils, and we're going to talk about them in a second. The processed oil industries were lobbying. And so there was a lot of pressure and the poor old farmers, you know, when they started saying eat all these processed vegetable oils, the farmers got the roar into the deal. They weren't as loud as some of these big food industries. 1978 is where our current food pyramid was introduced. Our obesity, our illness has been tracking upwards ever since the introduction of the food pyramid and it isn't a coincidence And it's every single age group, everybody's struggling. So you're not alone and this is not your fault. This is something our grandmas were fed and that passed down to our mums. They switched from butter to processed oils, which cause inflammation. And there were so many changes at that time. got sicker instead of getting healthier. Funnily enough, those of you that read my book will know the answer to this, but President Eisenhower, after adopting the low-fat, movement or diet he died of heart disease I'm not laughing because that's funny it's like that was the very thing they were trying to avoid with him so there is no proof that a low-fat diet works you might lose a bit of weight at the start but your body just down regulates your metabolism so if you're here for fat loss know that the fat that you're eating is very fabulous inside your body real fat So we're going to talk about some of those in a tick. When you eat the equivalent portion of either fats or carbohydrate, there's a very minimal spike of insulin when you're eating healthy fats. Carbohydrate has this massive energy spike, which is why we like it. We eat it and we feel good. You guys know that sugar doesn't make you feel very good anymore. So that was really exciting to hear um, Heather and Narelle talk about that because that's a massive change. And that shows that your body is very insulin sensitive. So if you feel a bit ill when you're eating carbs or when you're eating sugar, that's your body. And insulin sensitivity is coming back. So it can be repaired and the brain can repair itself and start to rebuild the neural pathways. Did you know that the brain is 80% fat? It needs fat. Your joints need fat. Every part of our body needs fat. And we took it all away. I saw a graph the other day of the prevalence of arthritis and joint pain. It it coincides with the the low-fat movement as well. So with the carbs, you get that really sharp spike and then it sort of, you crash. Whereas the fat, you get a bit of a spike and it just, it lasts a long time in your system. So you have that satiety. Basically, what happens with oils is they're partially hydrogenated and the oils are extracted with chemicals. So there's a particular one that's called hexane. So these chemicals are used and the seeds are squashed and squashed and squashed with these chemicals until an oil is extracted. But what it does is it mucks up the cellular structure of the oil. So a good guide is to actually toss anything that isn't avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, animal fats are great to have. Yes, you can cook your 
your veggies in dripping. I nearly said potatoes then. You'd be able to reintroduce potatoes, just not yet. You might not feel so good when you do, but I'm not saying don't have a potato. It's good low-carb ones, actually. They're not all that low. They're 20 grams instead of like 40, but life is for living, right? So the biggest problem with oils is our body treats them the same way as it treats other healthy fats. So what it does is it builds cells. It uses fats and oils to build cell walls. And you imagine these oils are causing inflammation, but you're building walls. So it's like the three little pigs. So you've got one made of straw, one made, et cetera, et cetera. So you're building your cells out of straw, which make them very vulnerable to attack. They're not strong. So hopefully that makes sense to you guys. So we're going to get rid of margarine, canola, grapeseed oil, which is should be only used to treat wood, soybean oil, corn oil, cottonseed, sunflower oil, peanut oil, sesame oil, and rice bran. My mum, she will not get rid of her rice bran or her canola oil, but, but that's how she was taught. The other thing is these oils cause massive inflammation. It causes abnormal cell walls and growth, but it also lowers our immune system because the immune system is dealing with the inflammation. So can you imagine what's happening in the world right now? And if you just changed those oils, if you did nothing else, you'd be already a step ahead of the most of the population. Instead, you can use butter, ghee, lard, tallow, olive oil, macadamia oil, coconut oil, and coconut butter, which is bloody delicious. If you haven't already, please clean up your pantry. That's one massive key that will improve your health dramatically. And you need to be healthy on the inside to fix the outside. So what you'll find is that you don't always see the effects on the outside until your body's done what it's doing inside. Fasting. That word struck fear into my heart when people mentioned doing some of it. They're like, yeah, let's do a 60-hour fast. I'm like, yeah, hell no. The first one was hard. But as your body starts to switch over, some of you have said you're not feeling hungry anymore. So you can see how you can push your eating window out a little bit. And I'm going to talk to you tonight about why and how and some of the different methods, because this is the other very, very impactful thing you can do for your health and your brain health and your waistline. It gives your body a chance to rest and burn your own body fat, but also to clear up any glycation in the brain, recycling old and dead cells. Most cultures did fasting. It's just in our life of plenty that we're like, oh, go without food. Oh, my God. So when you don't eat for more than 16 to 18 hours, your body goes into what's called autophagy. And autophagy is where your own body cleans up everything. And this is particularly useful for the brain and neural pathways because what it does is it recycles all the junky and defective cells and it turns them into new cells. 
And those new cells are stem cells. They can be made into any part of your body that needs it. That's what the body does. But if you are feeding, 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 your body's priority is to store, 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 store. Regardless of whether you're skinny or fat, it still does the same thing. So this is a regenerative thing. And you'll see people following keto and they're glowing. That's because their cells in their face and their skin are rejuvenating. You can actually reverse aging. It's called the keto glow. It's a thing because you're resting your digestion, you're burning your fat, you're recycling all your junky cells. Super cool. I I seriously only started this for fat loss. I didn't realize I was going to get glowy skin. If you can teach yourself to just push that fast out a little bit, your brain will also benefit because it gets cleaned up. Now, telomeres are the bit on the end of a, like a, you've got the connections here in your brain. You've got the spark plug. The length of their bit on the end of your connections, as we age, it gets shorter and shorter. Fasting and autophagy makes it longer so you can actually live longer and age better. And that's cool. If you're not doing this for anything other than getting a good brain, I want you to focus on that and the rest will actually come. Let's look at the timeline of that. 12 hours, HGH, which is human growth hormone, it actually increases. And then about the 18 to 20 hours, autophagy kicks in. So your fat burning begins about the 16 hours. Now, if we look at that, let's say you eat at, I don't know, 6 p.m. You're going to go all the way to 6 a.m. the next day. So that's 12 hours. And then if you were to eat at 10 a.m., your autophagy starts to kick in. All that time, you're cleaning up dead cells. If you go for a little bit longer, and some people do 20, so that's 20 hours of no food. If you've been naughty, and you accidentally ate a donut, this is the best way to get it out of your system because your body's going to pull out all the glycation or the glucose out of your system, and then you can eat your healthy fats afterwards. So 20 hours would look like 6 p.m. So you've got till 6 a.m. the next day, there's 12 hours, add eight, whatever that works out to be, I don't know, two, three, four, two, two o'clock. So you'd have your first meal at two and you'd stop eating at six. There's another style called OMAD, which is one meal a day. If you are using ketones, you can cheat. They won't break a fast. Anything that has an insulin response, so sugars, carbs, glucose, is what breaks a fast. If it doesn't raise your insulin, it doesn't break your fast. So you're good with ketones, tea, coffee, water, cream and coffee actually don't I mean it might do it a little bit but I'm not going without cream and coffee sorry then once you've got to your 18 to 20 hours your insulin sensitivity starts to come good your autophagy multiplies and then after a couple of days yes people fast for days what you'll see is day one it's a bit of a struggle not gonna lie day two you're actually got this crazy energy and because you're in ketosis and you are burning your fat for fuel, crazy energy and somehow it's okay. And then in the meantime, you've got all this glycogen cleaning up and new cells and I don't know, you always just feel like a million bucks afterwards. I was scared too. Like some people do egg fast, some people do water fast. I just, there's an easy way or a cheat. 
I'm going to take it. They don't call me the lazy keto mom for nothing. Eat when you're hungry. That's a real, like it's more stressful for your body if you're actually hungry. You might need to ride one wave, but if you're truly genuinely hungry, your body's trying to tell you something. Like if you're following keto and you're hungry, it's like, yeah, okay, it's time to eat. It's all about lowering insulin and lowering blood sugar response. That's the key. It's about insulin and blood sugar. That's truly what it is, diabetic or not. Intermittent fasting. Some people fast for 16 hours and eat for eight. Some people fast for 18 hours. So if you are already doing some of this, I guess my challenge to you would be to just push it out another hour for one day a week or two days a week. 24, OMAD, which is one meal a day. Really, you need to go with whatever suits you. Some people eat one day and fast the next. The other thing too is females, not so much for men, you are going to have hungry times of the month. It's a given. It's the same time as you turn into a crabby cow. And if you think about it biologically, we talk about being wired to eat, your body is storing. Regardless of whether you're in menopause or you're at baby-making age, we are at the mercy of our hormones. The other thing that this lifestyle can do is balance your hormones, and that's pretty cool. So you can knock over a lot of menopause symptoms as well. So what can you work on? What's your what's the switch you need to flick on? Maybe it's to drink more water, go for a walk. Maybe it's to make sure you're eating enough healthy fat. Maybe it's to try and kick the headaches and have more pink salt and more water. So that's going to be very individual for all of you. Don't make it overwhelming because when we try to change everything, it's too much. And then you have a stress response. Stress causes insulin as well. It's like we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't. 